Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, beyond delighted to have this opportunity to interview the remarkable Sue Frederick, who is an accomplished speaker and teacher and author and intuitive, an ordained unity minister, a soul regression therapist, a master numerologist, and a certified creative arts therapist. To say the least, Sue's background is quite diverse. She was trained to be a professional career counselor at the University of Missouri, became an accomplished rock climber, led extreme survival courses for Outward Bound, found the Career Intuitive Coach Training Institute, has been a guest on more than 200 radio and TV shows, and has served as a faculty member for the University of Colorado and Europa University. She is also a former corporate vice president and magazine executive director. And two more of Sue's many gifts. She's been an intuitive since childhood and she is an accomplished author. Her six highly acclaimed books provide roadmaps for manifesting the work we each came here to do, the love we came to experience, how best to connect to our departed loved ones for healing and how to use pain as fuel to fulfill our greatest potential. She has been featured in the New York Times, CNN.com, Real Simple Magazine, Yoga Journal, Natural Health, and Complete Woman Magazines, as she has presented workshops at venues such as Omega Institute, the Crossings Retreat Center, the American Business Women's Association, and the National Career Development Association. She's amazing. I'm looking forward to interviewing Sue about how grief has been her greatest spiritual teacher, the ways mystical experiences of dream visions and conversations with departed loved ones can shift grief, the vision she received in which she was shown that the light is always winning no matter how grim things may appear, why lifting into our soul's view is necessary for healing and a purposeful life, and more for what is surely going to be an incredibly enlightening and insightful interview. So with full heart, I welcome you to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. Oh, Irene, I love you so much, sweetheart. It's an absolute joy to be here. Thank and you. When, and when I die, like you need to do my uh, celebration of life and read that because I don't remember half of that. So it's really <laughs> good that you're reminding me. It's been a long lifetime. One time, <laughs> one busy lifetime, girl. <laughs> Look at how I'm, ready for, you I'm are. ready for a beach vacation in the divine realms, you know. And you can really see, like when you when you talk to you and you read your books and y'all, you can see 
uh, all of this, all of these experiences, there's such rich experiences that contribute to mm-hmm. your wisdom and who you are. It's Aww. amazing. It's just amazing. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're a mutual admiration. Society. We are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're only 22. It's, it's just That's incredible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start and have everybody get acquainted with you in even a deeper way, because you've been an intuitive since childhood. So tell us what that was like for you. And I know you grew up in New Orleans. Yeah. So, right. So, um, and do you have a favorite story about that period in your life you'd like to share with us or a yeah. few favorite stories? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, anybody who grew, I, grew, I was born in the early fifties. And so back then, I think those of us who were around then, we knew that you'd not, as a child, it wasn't okay to say, Hey, I saw a spirit and we, we would have said ghosts. Hey, I saw a ghost in my room or come to the breakfast table and share a precognitive dream that would come true that afternoon. That didn't really make you popular. And it also terrified my mother in particular, because she wanted me to be normal, quote unquote, so that I would end up being able to get married and have children. That was really her goal for me remember it was the 50s right and here was this weird kid coming to breakfast saying I had a dream about a car accident and describing it in detail and then that exact thing happening on the you know later in the day so what I'd say about it is today in these times even though these times are challenging one of the good things about these times is that the word intuition is not a terrible word anymore <laughs> and that people who are very sensitive can be known now as empaths rather than weirdos <laughs> so there has been progress on those fronts you know <laughs> so people, little kids are running around where i mean and hopefully fewer kids are running around where people are saying you're too sensitive you're too sensitive oh, i know, now we I know mean, it's, it's a gift it is and back then you know i i cry very easily and I've made peace with it because it's my body's way of processing things. Even when I do a session with a client, when their departed loved one or their child comes through, often it makes me cry. There's so much love there. There's so much connection that, you know, tears. But when I was young, you know, boy, I would get so kind of bullied over that because crying was considered a really bad thing for a long time in our culture. And I'm so glad that it's more, you know, acceptable these days because it's healthy to cry. Very healthy. And even if it's a boy, if even if right. it's a boy, in fact, sometimes I think boys need permission that to express their emotions. They really even more do. than girls do, you they know, really do. And do you know that there's research that shows that when we cry, it gives us endorphins. It actually changes our body chemistry. So if you're grieving today and you let yourself, I, I have a client who says, oh, the problem is I'm crying all the time. I said, baby girl, that's fine. Go sit down, have a great heart opening cry. And then you're going to feel so much better until it builds up again. And then I teach a little meditation where you can cry and hold your palm in front of your heart chakra and let that pain pour out of you into your palm picture it that way and then lift it up and say i offer this pain to the divine to be transformed into love and cry it out and you will feel so much better that's beautiful did you come from the generation like i did that if you cried someone would say to you i'll give you something to cry about 
Oh yes, I heard that. Oh my God! I mean, I awful, I horrible, and I used to hear that too. Yeah, Yeah. you better cut it out. Thank God we're where we are today, right? I mean, how did we survive, Irene? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then, so we've just touched on your childhood, and then in your completely um, perfect life. Your husband died in your arms of cancer when you were just 29 years old. So please tell us about that heartbreaking experience. And how did grief then become your greatest spiritual teacher? Well, um, you know, I I view grief um, perhaps differently than uh, mainstream psychology does. And I also grew, I, I view grief differently now than I did at the age of 29 when my husband crossed over. But what happens when we are devastated with grief, and in my particular soul agreement with my beautiful husband, Paul, we were outward bound mountaineering instructors. We were physically so strong. We had great love, passionate love. He was, he is, and was such a kind, amazing soul. Um, when he was diagnosed with colon cancer, it was just because he had some weird stomach problems and a doctor had told him it was nerves or something. And so, and this was the seventies, like you didn't, there was no such thing as a colonoscopy. And so by the time he got the real diagnoses. They basically gave him two weeks to live, but Paul and I were so in love, like we wouldn't take that. So we dabbled in alternative medicine, conventional surgery, chemo, everything we could find we did, including an amazing trip to see a Native American healer, Chief Fool's Crow, one of the most sacred Native American healers. And that was profound because Chief Fool's Crow then did all these amazing things to help Paul cross over a month later when the time of his crossing had come. And Paul would wake up singing Lakota, although he'd never known Lakota, the language of the Sioux. And he would say, oh, Chief Fool's Crow visited me and taught me two songs, one song to help me with the pain and one song to help me cross over. And I mean, Paul was not like that. He grew up the the son of a Christian minister, you know, and in his last year was having such mystical, amazing experiences that were it was he was taking me on the journey of learning that there's a much bigger understanding of life and death so that in his moment of death even he was teaching me because he had been in a coma and I had promised him he'd made me promise him that he would die at home in my arms and I'd made that promise a million times we had hospice nurses who would come to the house and help us but I was his primary caregiver and then he had a medical emergency and we got kind of rushed to the hospital and sometimes those situations happen people suddenly find themselves in a hospital room and their loved one is in a coma and they had promised that the person could die at home and so I was really upset at that point and all of our friends arrived at the hospital room and we're standing around talking and And I fell asleep on the floor of the hospital room because I was so exhausted from caring for him. And he immediately, Paul immediately came to me in the most vivid dream. And he was happy and free and healthy. And he said, 
Sue, what are you doing? Get up off the floor. I'm not trapped in that body. My spirit is free, but I'm waiting for you to come and hold me in your arms and tell me it's okay, you know, to let me go. And, and I woke up out of that dream and I was like, everybody get out of here. I need just me and Paul's mom. Paul just told me he's ready to cross over. Oh my gosh. I know. And so my friends were like, okay, that's weird, but whatever, you know? (laughs) And so, so I got on one side of Paul and his mom got on the other and And we started saying, oh, it's okay. We'll be all right. We want you to be free and just go and fly out and be in those mountains. And Paul had been in a coma for more than 24 hours. His breathing had not changed. And as we told him it was okay for him to go, he took this beautiful sigh It was so peaceful and his soul, I saw his soul lift out of his body and leave out to the mountains. And I saw it with every cell. I'll never doubt that for my whole life. I saw it so clearly. And he he was teaching me there is no death. So Paul's my greatest teacher on this lifetime and grief has been my greatest spiritual awakening. That's amazing. In some ways, I guess the same thing happened to me with Saul. Yeah. It happened to me. So they were both our teachers. That's right. Introduce us to what we're doing. Uh, Was his mom able to see his soul? Yes. He was. Yeah, because his mom was, you know, the minister's wife. So she had her own sort of Christian dogma stories about death and Jesus and all this stuff. But as we stood at the bedside, holding Paul, we were, the only word I can say is awe, the the light being that is our soul that, that is not part of the body. It's a pure, beautiful light being is the only words I know how to put to it. We both saw that there was no religious story around it. There were no religious icons. And we both walked over and stood at the window, even though, you know, his body was still in the bed. We knew we had seen his soul was free. And we stood at the window, just looking and crying and holding each other. Like, wasn't that beautiful? My God. That was so beautiful. And look at what you're doing now. That same comfort that you got, you're giving to so many people. But I want to say to anybody who's grieving that it's not like from that day on, I was like, okay, people, I'm good. I understand life and death now. Everything's beautiful. (laughs) You know, we're human and we're divine at the same time. And we walk with one foot in the human realm and one foot in the divine. And we have to feel the pain here. It's what we agree to experience here as part of our growth journey. So I grieved enormously in my 30s messed up a lot of relationships that I was trying to have (laughs) because I wanted to get married and have babies after all right after all that was your script you were still trying to keep your script (laughs) I know and so when you're grieving boy you make a lot of crazy choices you know but I learned from every one of them (laughs) (laughs) and it made you the colorful wonderful person you are all those experiences I've had a lot of crazy choices but I'm grateful because every single one of them got me to be who I am today. And I love the journey looking back on it, like, whoa, that was quite a ride. (laughs) You know, but the beautiful thing about it um, uh, is that you're not at all judgmental and you're so accepting, which I think came from your own travails and what you went through that you can understand you don't judge anyone else's 
Well, process at you, all. I mean, don't you agree, Irene? That's how we are when we have had to live through pain and hard moments. We start realizing what's really important. And it's not any of the stuff that this world tells us is important. And that we learn to see things more from the soul's view, which is look at that beautiful soul trying their best that they can to navigate their journey. You know, it's not, oh, look at that person who messed up that career or this or that or has addictions. Once you've seen it from the soul's perspective, which grief helps us do, the judgment seems irrelevant after that. It's just not not yeah. getting the point of life, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I have a... a um... I have a magnet on my refrigerator that says cancel my subscription. I don't need all these issues. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> because you get a perspective about, you know, what's really important right. in, in life. You know, I'm right. not, I'm not sweating all this little small stuff, you know, and we'll right. talk about that more later, but I want you to please describe um, how mystical experiences of dream visions and conversations with the departed, with the departed loved ones shift grief because yeah. you do that a lot with people and you see that. Yeah, well, in my own story, that has been the constant. Even that night after Paul crossed, um, and I went home to my apartment and got in the bed that I'd shared with Paul. So I hard. went to, to sleep that night and. Um, I woke up or I, I kind of, I guess I didn't wake up at two in the morning. I was sort of awake and I felt Paul's body pressed up against me, cuddling in bed. So clear. I can still remember that feeling. It was not just a spirit. I could really feel his body. And he, and he was there holding me like this final goodbye. And then this being of light reached over me and tapped Paul on the shoulder. And he lifted up because he needed to kind of move on with his spirit guide, not get stuck here in the earthly realms. And, um, but that was just one experience and they've continued with other departed loved ones. And what I do for a living now, like for example, today I had a grieving mom client from helping parents heal. You and I both love helping parents heal.org, such an amazing nonprofit. Absolutely. And, um, and this mom's 28 year old son had crossed and, I call what I do is I sit down and do the soul, the departed soul's birth path through numerology. And I call them and say, well, I call them, but I speak to them and say, you know, tell me about your story. Tell me about what happened here. What was this journey like for you? And what do you have to say to your mom? And this beautiful spirit, you know, he just showed up right in front of me, even physically, I could see what he kind of looked like his hair and the color of his skin. And he told me a story and I wrote it all down because I just write whatever I hear. I don't question it. And then and I picked up the started the Zoom call with his mom and read it to her before she could tell me anything. You know, I start by reading that. And she was like, oh, my God, that was exactly him. And I was like waving to Kevin in my office going, Kevin, you did good. Your mom knows you're still around, you know, That's fabulous. <laughs> and what a comfort that is. What a comfort that is. You're still grieving. You're, you're right. still grieving because I experienced it. You still, I, I was on the floor right. you know, crying, hysterical. But there's an element of knowing that I'm going to see him again. Knowing and not that only that, him. but I think when we allow ourselves to have the mystical 
come into our consciousness when we allow those dream visions when we allow that those messages from departed we even write them down i tell everybody write sit down meditate talk to your departed and then start writing and write whatever you hear whatever comes to you and don't think about it and you will get so many messages and what that does for us all of us is say you know they're fine they never come through and go oh, I'm really suffering here and I'm missing earth life. They never say that. They always say, hey, I'm in the great place of just pure love and unconditional love and all sorts of beauty. And you guys are in the hard place, earth school. <laughs> That's it. That And this is earth school. Fight a school. I, right. I, I, you know, I think some people, I think some people are getting their PhDs and this is why I like. I know, I keep here. thinking, I keep thinking, gosh, I must be flunking some grades or something <laughs> because it seems like I should have graduated by now. Especially with your resume. I know, <laughs> like, please, how many more classes do I have <laughs> to take? Somebody tell me. <laughs> well, speaking of visions... You even received one about being lifted above earth and shown that the light is always winning, no matter how grim things may appear. So we've got a lot of grim things over here. That's right. So would well, you explain that to us? If your viewers can see the screen, you know, this is my husband is a graphic artist and he I, I shared with him what my vision was and he created this backdrop for me because I was lifted up in above the earth by angels or guides divine beings <clears throat> and i was shown planet earth from a distance and i was shown that there were so many lights sparking other lights and that even though there were dark places um, of consciousness that the light was traveling so fast it was covering the earth just so much like this picture and that the light was of course overcoming the darkness and the guides were whispering to me you know don't look at how bad things can be and are and this was before things went really crazy in 2016 2017 it was right before then that I was shown the vision and I remember thinking are they really going to get that bad? That's kind of scary. And here we are now. Here we are. Now. And I have to keep looking at this vision, remembering that I was told so clearly by these guides, the light is always winning. The love is always winning. You have to trust that. And so I say that to all of us here who right now might have anxiety, who might have fear. It's almost election time. There's so much anxiety in this world. And we've got to lift above it and get mystical guidance to help us maneuver down here. Because if we only focus on this crazy physical world, you know, there's a whole lot of crazy stuff and people just go, well, then why am I here? I don't even want to be here. And you've got to lift above it to see what your purpose is, to remember why you're still here and how you can help others moving forward. That's beautiful. And we'll be talking about your soul view <laughs> in a few more minutes. So also, but I also want to get to, I mean, you're so prolific with all that you've written. And one of your most recent books is titled Bridges to Heaven, True Stories of Loved Ones on the Other Side. How is the heart the gateway to intuition? And how can all of our listening audience use their intuition to see the other side? I'll bet a bunch of our listeners would love to be able yes. to do that. 
So um, the way I like to teach intuition is to help people understand that the monkey mind and the ideas that we have running through our head all the time is our human self because we need a mind, we need an ego in order to survive in the physical world. And we agree to, we sign up for that when we drop in down here. However, our true essence is the light being, the soul, the divine essence that we all are and have. And that is run by the heart chakra. It is not run by the mind. And the heart is the most powerful organ or chakra for connecting us to the loving God consciousness, whatever words you want to put to it, the loving presence that runs this divine order universe and so through the heart through emotion through feeling through knowing is how we connect to that higher source that intuitive stuff and when i help a client or when i train coaches i'll always say something like you know do somebody's number chart because that was always a gateway way of doing it for me put your hand on that close your eyes just feel into what their journey is and what their departed is trying to tell them and just feel what you what you get and it comes in through the soul through the heart through a love channel the love channel is our channel to god knowing god consciousness to, to the higher realms if people want to learn more about that love channel they'll learn about it through um through your book and, and also, you probably have workshops and all about that. Yeah, if they go to my website, suefrederick.com, they can find class upcoming classes and events and speaking. And I have a YouTube channel that you can access from my website. I'm always teaching and posting the classes on YouTube. And so there's a lot of ways you can follow my work. And if you want to do a session, it's all there on the website, how to sign up, suefrederick.com. That's great. And you also have a new book coming out titled yes. Divine Lens. You have nothing to do, Sue. Oh, well, you know, this is such a sleep. Well, Irene, you and I both know that when you're doing what your heart and your soul came here to do, it's a wild ride and every minute of it is sure. magic. You know, like this book contract really came to me in a magical way wow. with a great new publisher, Inner Traditions, and they're they're so awesome. And I think this will be like my best ever book. And it's called, wow. it's called Through a Divine Lens Practices to Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart. And you can pre-order it on Amazon. <laughs> Good. And it reveals that death is not an ending. It is a transformation. So is it true that we are shown the soul's perspective of our life here on earth in what is called the life review? And what is that like? So we all go through that soon? Yeah, that is such a great thing to talk about. You know, anybody who's had a near-death experience or even talked to a departed loved one who's come back to give them messages, they all describe how when we lift up out of the body, we are held in love, loving presence, and we are shown a movie almost of our life in a way that helps us understand you know, gosh, maybe I could have been more courageous, I could have been more loving, but we're shown it in a very supportive way so that we're not feeling bad about it. We're and not judged. We're not judged. Instead, we're just learning it. I mean, learning from it and watching it and going, 
Oh, wow. So it really was about love down there and courage, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go back and tell my depart, my people down there that it's all about love. And so many of the spirits that come back, that's what they're saying. They're saying, it's all about love. Get over yourselves, people. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you also feel the pain you caused others as well yeah. as as the results of the positive action. So like yeah. if you've been a, a very hurtful person on this planet, yeah. they feel what they did to the people who- Yeah, so I want I, I want to make sure that people don't, um, so, so when you think of religion, because I've studied every religious path I could get my hands on to learn from, they all talk about, um, you know, some sort of moment of judgment, right? And they might define it as heaven and hell or whatever. Even the Buddhist and the Hindus talk about it as karma. You know, you're going to have to come back and even out your karma. But what I believe is that that those aren't really accurate. They're just the human way of trying to understand that when we leave the body, our soul looks at what we've done and goes, wow, maybe I could have done better. You know, oh, look, I did good right there. Oh, yes. Now I want to help out from here and send more love messages to the world. Or it's our own consciousness that looks at our life and says, gosh, I, I think now I understand how I should have done better. It's not an outer outside force. So you're not us. actually feeling something like if you if you broke someone's head, you're not going to feel the pain. Of oh, well, you're, you're going to feel, you're going to feel like, I always think of it as a soul wincing and going, Oh, like, I wish I hadn't done that to them. And I do know how much that messed them up. And that goes into your, your soul consciousness where you go, I will never do that again. I understand now. Oh, it's a was. lesson. It's a that was wrong behavior and I've learned from it, you know, mm -hmm. so we have to realize that even the, the murderer who gets away with murder never gets away with murder because when they cross over, they actually see that all unfolding in front of them. They experience how they damaged that other person and how they damaged their loved ones, the, the loved ones of the murdered victim. And they feel it in such a way that it breaks them into higher wisdom. And they often then decide to help out from the divine realms, meaning that they'll help out the victim's family in ways that can't be seen in the physical world, but can only be seen from the soul's world, lifting them up through challenges, helping things happen for them that will serve that family and we don't know this here because we're just looking at the human side of it, but there is a higher consciousness that we are made of and that we return to when we cross over. That is beautiful. I'm sure a lot of people are appreciating that information. And I have another important question for you that pertains to healing and rebirth. Why is lifting into our soul's view and out of our human story, so necessary for healing in a purposeful life. Yeah, because we're not just human. And that's the story we sort of get lost in. When we come here, we start thinking, oh, it's just about how beautiful my home is or how successful my career is, or if I have the right wardrobe and all of that stuff is not what this is about. And so when we meditate or sit in the silence or do prayer, whatever our particular spiritual practice is that lifts us out of this earthly view 
and helps us connect to higher self or whatever words you want to put to it, God consciousness, whatever we can do to lift into that. It's like we regain our wisdom. We're like, oh, right. That problem in front of me is not that important. But what I do want to know is I want to know how to help that person because I know they're in pain. That's what our higher wisdom tells us. So it's and like even, an overview. Would you call yes. it like an overview? Yes. And especially if we're grieving or any of the things so many people are going through such hard career times, financial times, grief go sit in the silence, pray, call in the light, call on your spirit guides, your angels, call on God consciousness to come and fill you with the wisdom of the higher realms. Your soul's wisdom has all the answers. If you go for a hike, you get back in touch with it. If you listen to certain kinds of music, you can get back in touch with it. But you have to quiet that mind and open the heart in whatever way that works for you. And I love that you say in whatever way that works for you, because a lot of people say this is the only way you should do it. But well, right. I, you know what I, I, that's, I'm such a curious spiritual seeker that I had to figure it out myself. So I actually lived in an ashram. I used to do like these week long med silent meditations with the whole sangha, the whole group of us at the ashram. And it's true, that was extraordinary because if you sit in meditation for five days and you don't speak, you're not allowed to speak, you definitely get lifted out of the physical body and you have incredible mystical insights. But what I've learned is, sure, we can do it that way, the hard way, <laughs> or we can simply, you know, call out for help. And like yesterday morning, I had a family little health crisis happening. And my first response was I wanted to jump in and try to solve the problem with my human mind, my human self. And that little voice in my soul said, stop, Sue, first meditate, pray, take a breath, call in guidance from the higher realms and then take action based on that. And that is such a different energy and we can all do that. We can all do that. That's incredible. Well, I'd like, I know we talked a little bit about it, but I know you have a lot of classes that help people remember their soul's purpose and connect to the other side for healing. And are they online and just tell us all about it because people are writing down now soon. They want to, they want to take participate in this. So I think I'll be teaching a numerology class in January online on zoom. And if you go to my, my website, suefrederick.com, you can sign up there. And numerology has always been since my husband, Paul died. It was the first tool that I was given to help me lift up above the earth view, the ego view, and see things from the soul's perspective. And, you know, I've been studying it since 1980 and teaching it and using it with all my clients. And I love it so much. Like even when I am looking, for example, you, Irene, beautiful Irene, I know that you're on this Aquarius 11 master soul journey here. And we can go back and talk about where your deep sensitivity brought you. The, uh, the 11 is a sacred, sensitive, intuitive path that could have also wounded you at times because of your sensitivity. And as we look at it that way and discuss your life that way, 
it, everything makes sense that's happened to you and that why you've gone through what you've gone through so that you could be this profound mystical teacher mm -hmm. that you are that's perfect for your path as an Aquarius 11. So we each have this great soul potential and we can navigate it by looking at numerology. But I want to make this clear. Everything here on earth is free will. So for example, a murderer could be on the same Aquarius 11 soul path as you simply because we make a free will choice about how to deal with our challenges, our pain. We could decide, hey, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to blame everybody else. And we can kind of go down that dark path. That's a free will choice that we all have. And you certainly had that choice when you went through your horrible car Absolutely. accident and your husband's early death. And, and you chose to stand in the light to seek answers. Mm -hmm. And that was your free will, beautiful soul saying, I'm going to step up to my 11 master soul journey, no matter how much I'm struggling. Even and before once, I was conscious of it. Yeah, I, and, too, I and, really wasn't, but then. I mean, we all have those turning points, those forks in the road, you know, and, and I, I interviewed Elizabeth Boisson, the founder of helpingparentsheal.org. And she said the fork in the road for her was pretty soon after her beautiful son, Morgan had died at the base camp of Everest. She said she realized she was at this fork in the road of her life where either she becomes the lady who spends the rest of her life on the couch with the vodka bottle. or <laughs> Really, this is Elizabeth's story. It's so beautiful. Or she was going to get up and start finding a way to help other people, especially other grieving parents. And look what she's done, this oh nonprofit, God. you know, that she started. So we all have those choices and whenever we call out for the light, the love, we step up into that greater potential. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I know you have a beautiful special offer for the members of our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience. Would you like to tell us about it? Yes, because if anybody's struggling today, an easy tool to help them start seeing their life from that higher perspective is just use the numerology tools that I've created, I didn't create numerology, Pythagoras did, you know, in 600 BC, but I've tried to make a user-friendly workbook. And it's also described in my other books that are, I see your dream job. I see your soulmate bridges to heaven. They all have numerology in them, but I've got a free workbook for anyone who wants it. And um, Irene, how do I tell them how to get there? Should I, I mean, it's all going to be through in your show notes and everything. Uh, I mean, okay. So, but they can also, they can also put Sue Frederick. They can Google Sue Frederick. Yes. And it's going to come on. And, and if like, yeah, if they, they go to my website, all this information about you, I mean, and when they download that workbook, you know, I would say print that out. And even if you think it's a little too woo-woo for you, go ahead, figure out your soul path, your date of birth. It's all explained there. And then start thinking, could this be true? And if it's true, how can it help me move forward through whatever challenge I'm facing? That's wonderful. And I want to ask you a question about joy, because how does focusing on our divine lens view of every situation kind of bring us joy by doing it that way? Yes, because the earthly view, I mean, 
Oh my gosh. You know, if we only look at this as a physical experience in a physical world, it is, we can have moments of joy. We can say, oh, that's a beautiful sunset, you know, and I love that butterfly and I love birds and all these beautiful moments. But when we can step up and look at it more from what a ride this has been. My soul must have been really determined to learn some intense metaphysical truths and laugh from that higher wisdom. Like all my best friends have been through enormous, devastating loss and grief because we all go, what a journey this physical life is. And thank God we have each other to laugh with and go, this place here on earth is really messed up, but we know that it's only (laughs) school and hopefully we'll be graduating soon. And that brings joy, that higher perspective, you know? Well, I also am hearing that it keeps you from um, living in fear. It's it absolutely keeps, true. You know, because most people view, you made a, you said looking forward to graduating and away from school and yeah. going to that higher perspective. Most people are so afraid of I death. know. It's, isn't it terrible how our world thinks death is the end and everyone is so terrified of death when really it's, you know, the awakening into our true nature as divine beings, remembering who we are, that we just dropped in here for a little learning journey. If we could all get that perspective, you know, it takes away so much fear and it helps us say, well, then I'm going to make every day count. I'm going to try to find love and compassion, no matter what I'm facing. And I'm going to help other people in any ways that I can, because that's what we're here to that's do. What it's about. I really love how a lot of people now have, instead of like um, maudlin, sad funerals, they're having celebration yes. of life. Absolutely. It's like applauding the person they know they graduated in there and they're on the other side. And, and also knowing that that spirit is always watching. They love those celebrations of life. You know, they're like, yeah, show a movie about me. Play yeah, some of my I, favorite I, music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love being the center of attention there. I like being the center of attention. I know. I've told my husband, Gene, it's like, I want Beatle music and I want Mozart's Requiem. <laughs> like I got a lot of requests and you better make them happen. <laughs> I totally resonate with all of that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I have to say, I really, I was just going to say that. And I, depending on which one of us arrives first. Oh, um, Irene. You want the champagne or you want. Oh my gosh. You- Irene has already met the caterer in the divine realms and she's already got the champagne set up. I got it flowing. So you need to go first because I haven't yet reached out to the caterer. So if you can okay. get the party set up and then I'll we'll come and join <laughs> you. know, so I absolutely love this quote from your book, Your Divine Lens. Death is an act of love. Yes. It's a surrender into greater love than you've known on earth. Yes. Allow this. Your guides are here to help you. The moment you take your final breath, you're set free of the dense body. Your spirit returns to the happy, loving essence of you. This is how you began this lifetime and how you'll end it. That is so fabulous. Thank you for your wise insights, Sue. Thank you for reminding me of everything so that I could go have a worry-free weekend (laughs) right before the elections. Thank you for both of us. 
<laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> you have sweetheart. Oh, thank you. You have such wise insights and you impart such support and you're so compassionate and there are so many meaningful ways you comfort and guide people on their pathways to healing. You inspire people to view death as an act of love, not to be feared and so much more. And Sue, I thank you from my heart for this incredibly enlightening and memorable interview with don't blush, but the truly special person who you are. Oh, and here's, you're an angel. I adore thank you. you. Thank you. And here is a loving reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all grief and rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com and make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you're watching here on YouTube, click subscribe so you'll never miss an episode like this one with Sue. As I like to say, to be continued. Yes. Many blessings. Many, many Bye for blessings. now. And thank you again and again, Sue. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.